Have a seat and we shall go to the book of Ephesians and continue from where we were. The book of Ephesians chapter 6. Today we're going to look at verse 4 and we might only have time to look at the first part of verse 4. But I will read verse 4 in Ephesians 6 where Paul is writing. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Here Paul is writing to fathers. In context, he is giving instructions to different family members, <clears throat> to households, household instructions, you may say. He has talked to the wives, he has told the wives to submit to their own husbands. He has told husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. And he has talked to the children to obey their parents in the Lord. For this is right and given them the commandment, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Now he addresses fathers. He addresses the men again as fathers in the households and tells them of how they are to bring up their children, about their responsibility. He primarily addresses fathers of the households. The father, the man, as we have seen earlier, is the head of the household. He's the head of his wife. He has the main head primary responsibility <clears throat> in his family to love his wife and to bring up, to foster, nurture, teach his children. This main, this main responsibility that he has <clears throat> as the parent doesn't exclude mothers but he is addressed because he has the main responsibility and it rests upon him to bring up the children, to rear them, to foster, teach them. But it doesn't mean that mothers cannot also get doctrine out of this or get instruction from this. He is talking to parents, mainly fathers, but the father as the head for both parents. So it doesn't exclude mothers, doesn't mean that mothers shouldn't listen to or read what Paul is saying here. And this first, we have the first part of the verse that tells fathers, do not provoke your children to anger.
the fact that the fathers have this authority in family, Paul understands and sees that there is this tendency or propensity, uh, the possibility that this authority can be abused, misused, used in a wrong way so that the children are provoked to anger. And it tells them, the fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. The father can provoke his children to anger by his abuse of power and authority, by giving them unreasonable demands, being needlessly strict or rigid. In the book of Colossians, Paul gives the same exhortations to fathers. The book of Colossians. Three and twenty-one. He says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So in this provocation, provoking them to anger, can also make them discouraged. Fathers can make them discouraged as well. This is the same thing that Paul is warning about in both letters. So he, he warns them not to provoke their children to anger. So that they can become discouraged by their strictness or needless abuse of power. And then he tells them to nourish them in the discipline and warning of the Lord. Literally it says, bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Literally this word <clears throat> for bring them up in Greek is the same word as uh, is used on uh, when it says that a man is to nourish his wife or cherish his wife. In verse 25-29, where it says, No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. The word here talks about nourishing, feeding, and bringing them up. Both physically and spiritually. Giving them instruction in the Lord giving them discipline in the Lord by the words of Scripture. The word uh, discipline means literally rearing of children, the Greek word for discipline, which is Paideia, where the comes from the word pies, children. Talks about the rearing, bringing up of children, both teaching, both instruct, instructing, both educating, 
them, these Greek words have all these connotations to it. They are to bring up their children in the instruction, the discipline, the education of the Lord, teaching them about the Lord, giving them an education in the Lord, making them educated in the Lord, and then also warning them, or the other word that the English translation here is translated into instruction really means warning warning them Paul is not telling fathers not to be strict not to give them warnings not to admonish them not to tell them when they are doing something wrong He's telling them to warn them. Also this warning them about the negative consequences that come both in this life when you do what's wrong, when you do what's bad, when you're disobedient, when you don't know what's good, don't do what's good. Both in this life and the next life. So by no means Paul tells them not to be strict not to have some demands on them, but not in a way that provokes them to anger, makes them discouraged with needless strictness, unnecessary rules that are not from the Bible, that are not from Scripture. A uh, discipline, instruction, education in the Lord and warnings may also include things that psychology today talks about uh, verstärkning. I don't know what it's called in English or what term they're using, but reinforcement. reinforcement. Talking about both po- positive and negative reinforcement. That when someone does something who doesn't mainly doesn't even talk about child rearing but in psychology encouraging good behavior by giving it reinforcement positive reinforcement discouraging bad behavior by giving negative reinforcement and this is used today in society that we should do this to children as well we should give them positive and negative reinforcement and this is the way to to rear up children or to bring up children but well this is not only the only way to do it according to scripture the bible is not against doing that the bible is not against giving positive reinforcement giving negative reinforcement those methods are not anti-biblical but it's also not limited to those things also talks about actual teaching what's right actual and again it's not limited to those kind of psychological tricks that are used today on children 
but are really meant for psychotherapy or, or animal, when you uh, train animals. But this text, if we look at the part of the text where it says, do not provoke your children to anger. First of all, this teaches us that we have this fact that fathers are to give their children a right upbringing in the Lord. Fathers have this responsibility. But the fact is that both fathers and children and mothers have sinful natures. They have their unredeemed flesh. Those who are Christians still have still have our flesh that we struggle against that may make us challenged in doing what God tells us to do. And for fathers, as the Bible tells us fathers to bring up our children in the instruction and discipline and warning of the Lord, the fact that we have still a sinful nature and our children still have a sinful nature makes it so that we are challenged in this endeavor to bring up our children. We know that our children are <clears throat> born in sin. We know that we ourselves also have this sinful nature that may take this mandate from God and abuse it, taking this and say that now we have power and authority over our family and we can decide whatever we want, give them rules that we want to have in our household and go too far, exaggerate it, become oppressive, abuse this power and authority that God has given us so that we do it in a wrong way and children become discouraged and angry and provoked. We have this fact that we are to bring up our children. We are to give our children rules. We are to tell them what is right and wrong. We know that our children by their birth are born in sin. They have inherited our sin. And we know that we need to teach them what is right. We don't need to teach them what's wrong. We don't need to teach them to lie, to fight, to be disobedient. None of us here who have children have taught our children to be disobedient, to lie, to break things at home, to fight their siblings, to steal. They know that on their own. We don't have to teach them that. Children are not born as a blank slate, as is believed also in psychology or in society today. They are born a dirty slate need to be taught what is right. 
and wrong. Be taught not to do what's wrong and taught to do what's right. Children aren't born Christians, though they know that God exists, as all men do. They are born rebellion, rebels. They're born in rebellion. But still we know the fact, Christ says, let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as them. Not that they are born Christians, but if they are just as any other human being, they have been created by God. God has created them and God has the rights to them. We are not to take this fact that they are born sinners, they are not Christians, so we don't have to teach them how to be Christians. We don't have to give them a, our Christian worldview. We'll just let them be that and then when they grow up by their free will, they can f- choose themselves if they want to follow God, believe in God or not. No. In reality, God has the right to the children. And the children have the right to know the truth about God from their Christian parents. Hinder them not to be taught instruction in the Lord. Taught about God, taught about all the truth that's in Scripture, both, both theological truth and also God's law, what is right and wrong. God has the right to the children. The children have the right to hear the truth. They don't have the right to a new, neutral viewpoint. That we should bring them up in a neutral value system. Because there is no such thing as a neutral worldview or a neutral place. A neutral ground. There is God's truth which is the foundation. Which is the real thing. The truth. And there is atheism, agnosticism, different false religions. There is no neutral ground. Either you live in truth, tell your children the truth, that God is real, that the Bible is true, or you will act neutral and let the atheists teach your children in school when they grew up instead. In school they have no neutral ground. It's not neutral to say that God didn't create the world. That it came by evolution. It's not neutral to say that all religions are as valid or as true. And you have the right to find your own truth. That's not neutral. That is a stance, a stance against God, 
That is saying that what the Bible says, that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, is wrong. That is not neutral. So let us not play a neutral game and pretend that someone is neutral. That we are neutral or that the atheists, the postmodernism is neutral. Let us do as we should, as is natural, as parents, to teach them our worldview. And as fathers, we have that responsibility. We don't have the responsibility to save them, to make them Christian, to baptize them as infants. We can't save them. As fathers, we cannot make our children Christian. It's only God the Father that can make them Christian, that can bring them to new rebirth. That is not our job. It's not our job to save them, to make them Christians. It's just our job to bring them up in the Lord, instruct them in the Lord, warn them in the Lord, teach them. This pressure, if we put pressure on our children that they have to be saved, we're not to do that. But if we do that, you have to become a Christian now. Put that pressure on them. That can make them irritated. That can annoy them, provoke them to anger. Knowing that they are sinful, have a rebellious nature, shows us that they can be provoked to anger. They are not automatically righteous and obedient to everything we say. They don't do everything we say. And we know that we can provoke them to anger if we give them unreasonable commandments, rules. And as mentioned as well, the sinful nature in the fathers can also lead to a power abuse, which will provoke and discourage the children. As fathers, parents, we are to tell them about God, about his law, about what's right and wrong. That is enough. We don't have to make up rules that are not from the Bible that they should follow that may discourage or provoke them, make them respond in anger instead. If we understand it right, we understand that we teach them about God's law as a mirror. It is a restraint that restrains humans in their sin to keep them from sinning. And yes, that is right. And that is how it works for children as well when we teach them. Should work. But law is also to be a mirror for the unbelievers. And our children are unbelievers. They are not Christians. They're not saved. 
We teach our children the law of God primarily, I would say, not because we should make them obedient and nice and well-behaved. It doesn't work. It is because the law gives the knowledge of sin. The children will grow up understanding their sin, that they cannot keep God's law, that they need to be saved. We cannot force them to be saved. We cannot save them. We cannot give them repentance and faith. But we can do that which God has ordained to show them their sin by the law so that they will understand their need of salvation. And if God opens up their eyes, they will understand and come to true repentance and faith. So we are to nurture, to bring up our children in the right way. And this is what Paul says to us, says to fathers. He begins not by telling fathers, you have the responsibility to bring up your children and teach them. The first thing he says to them is, do not provoke your children to anger. There is a right way to bring up your children and a wrong way to bring up them, to make them angry, to provoke them to anger. I've heard many stories or a few stories about people and their siblings. They were brought up with a very strict father. Believing father or not is irrelevant. But what comes when, a, when they are brought up with a strict father who never tells them that they've done something good, who just gives them rules, prohibitions, don't do this. Or just tells them, now you've been really bad when they do something bad. But then when they, other times when they do good things, the fathers have not encouraged them, told them, good boy, good, well done. Or even told them what is right and good, just giving them prohibitions. Some of these people become have become really successful. And that's why I, I know this, because they're famous and have told this story, that all their lives they have lived because of this upbringing. Their parents haven't encouraged them. They've just beaten them down. And all their lives, although they are successful, have prosperity and money and fame, they're still insecure in themselves. They battle bad self-esteem. And all these things they are doing to promote their career, their education, their business, all these things they are doing in order to finally hear from their parents that they've done something good. But their parents never tell them anything that they've done something good, that they've done good. If they get good grades in school, the parents tell them, well, you could have done better. If they get a nice high paying job, the parents can say that, well, you should still get another job that is better, that's even more high paying. That provokes 
and makes children discouraged. And if you want, if you want your children to have prosperity and fame in this world, go ahead. Maybe that can work, but will not be good for them in the next life. If they live after that desire to please their parents and become rich and run away from the faith, run away from all religion, from God, because that's was such a strict upbringing. We should avoid exaggeration in strictness. By all means, we should be strict when it is needed, it's necessary, but not unnecessarily, which can itself lead to an even more rebellious behavior in the children by scolding them by nagging at them, by yelling at them in public, among strangers or among people, giving them unreasonable rules that do not come from the word of God, that are really pharisaical, that really doesn't promote liberty. There is liberty in our faith that will oppress the children if we're pharisaical, giving strict rules that are not from the Bible. Just giving them prohibitions and punishments, but no commandments, no encouragement, no rewards. To constantly let them hear that they are doing everything wrong, but not letting them hear when they have done something right, or even when they, even letting them know what is right. They will just live in ignorance about what is right. They will know that life is full of prohibitions, especially Christianity is just a bunch of prohibitions rules, limitations. They don't get to know what is right. Don't get to know what God actually says is right and righteous and just and beautiful and loving. They'll become confused, ignorant about what is good. They will grow bitter at their parents. And their religion, their faith. We can look at the previous generations that we have had before us. I believe that there's been a strict form of Christianity throughout history. If we look at the Lutheran state church, in up here in the north northern Europe has been very strict has been a cultural Christianity with strict rules and parents and teachers and 
also in the rest of the world with a strict form of Christianity in culture. Both good and bad, but strict. And now people are bitter at Christianity, what they think is Christianity. It's just a bunch of prohibitions. Christians are just forbidding everything that's fun and we don't want to do that anymore. They've had uh, spanked children in school. My grandfather tells me of how they were spanked in school for no reason, just because that, should, that was something you should do, because that was somehow something helpful for them. And not just spank them, they flat out, what do you say? Abuse them, mishandla. They were violent, hurt them really bad. It has been needlessly strict, gone overboard, exaggerated. And now we see the rebellion of these, re these generations that we one generation before us and the generation we live in. They have left, run away from Christianity altogether, run away from all that, embraced atheism or liberalism, Nothing about following God seems good to them. They have been provoked to anger. Now they also want to fight back against us Christians because of what has happened that we, we may not necessarily have been part of historically, but they, they want to make us pay for it in some way. We are as Christian to follow the principles of the gospel in being fathers. Remember that Christ being Christ-like remember what Christ said in Matthew Matthew 11 and 25 I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. He's talking about Christians, how they are as children under God the Father. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burdens is light. We are as fathers to teach our children about Jesus and 
also ourselves learn from Jesus to have a light yoke in our authority have a light easy yoke and a light burden in our authority being Christ-like in that understand the inability of men in the inability of your children understand that the sin they have the disobedience they have it all comes from you comes from you have passed on your sinfulness to your children it's all your fault how can you be too strict to them really the principles of the gospel guides us as fathers in bringing up taking care rearing children we know that it is the goodness of god that leads us to salvation romans 2 and 4 do you presume on the riches of god's kindness and forbearance and patience not knowing that god's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance what is it that makes our children come to repentance in the end if they are it is the goodness of god it's not our upbringing it's not our strictness and god he is as it says kind forbearing patient as we as we as fathers should be that and i can confess i fail my son spilled milk in the fridge this morning i wasn't very patient forbearing we have things to learn from god from jesus from the principle of the gospel not being too burdensome not being overly strict angry strange now there's a lot of things to say about the second part of this verse that we will have to leave until next time and that's good we'll have have it more on topic and not go too far talking about a lot of things there's so much to say about scripture about just one verse but uh brief summary here in conclusion children need a good loving upbringing and the fathers we as fathers have that responsibility we owe them a christian an upbringing in the lord we owe them that under god it is our responsibility and they have our children have the right to learn about god to learn what is true from us 
let us have that balance with our loving discipline, fostering instruction according to God's word. And pray God to sovereignly use the word in our children's lives to save them. Because it is he who saves them and not us. Let us understand how the law is to be a schoolmaster to lead them to Christ first and foremost. Not make them nice and tidy, well-behaved trophies for our parenthood. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for your word, for the word that you have for households, for fathers, children, husbands, mothers, wives, The Bible, your word has principles for all areas of life. And we as men, fathers, have a great heavy responsibility upon us. And understand that and understand our failings constantly. We confess that God and help us to use this word that we have heard here and read to help us to sanctify us from our sinful tendencies as as fathers and men help us to bring up our children in the teaching and admonition of the lord help us to rightly teach them about you about your holy law, about their sin, about the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and God. Please, for our children, we plead that you will use that to save them. In Jesus' name, amen.